athletes, take your mark, get set. It is absolutely time for the Addict Athlete Podcast. Hey, everybody out there in listener land, thank you so much for your support of this podcast, for downloading, sharing, subscribing, and leaving comments about the content here. I hope that you find these podcasts interesting, and I sure hope that you're uh, sending these to people that you know, maybe family members or friends that may be struggling with any kind of addiction. This podcast and the content therein can really help someone kind of understand maybe a different approach to what addiction is, how to treat it, and how to turn that mess of addiction into a very powerful message of sobriety and healing. We use what's called the erase and replace philosophy. And I really do appreciate everyone who's been given feedback. Right now, if you jump on our website, you can get involved in our virtual 5K. There's a lot of these going on right now, but we've specifically designed this one to help out with the COVID-19 relief uh, situation that we found a lot of our athletes uh, needing. Uh, with the contributions thus far. We've been able to help several athletes with groceries and some bills and uh, help get them through this really tough time. And it really has demonstrated in my own eyes how this team rallies around one another for support. So please, you got a couple more weeks to jump on here. It's a uh, virtual 5K. You'll you'll, uh, get on there, register with your name, your address, all that fun stuff. And when you're done, you snap a photo, let us know, and we'll send you out your awesome medal. We got really good medals for this. Yes, we do. And so jump on there, register, and let's help get some uh, more support for people that may be needing a little bit extra during this epidemic. Um, And also, uh, our online store is rocking and rolling. We've got some awesome gear on there. Good stuff. Yeah, so if you jump on our website, there's a little tab there that uh, directs links you right to our store. There's some neat stuff. We're going to be doing some uh, updates here soon, but you can really get yourself geared up for the uh, summertime extravaganza, which is socially distancing from afar. People will see that shirt and want to yell at you across the room about your recovery, right? You don't have to go to a store to shop for it. It's delivered right to your front door. <laughs> Absolutely. So jump, jump on there, check that out, and uh, you know, see, uh, see what you can do um, to help support the team and to get that message out there even more. Uh, and last but not least, we have uh, upcoming new coaches training, meaning mm-hmm. Addict to Athlete has designed a sober coach program. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a uh, certified uh, addictions recovery coach. Yep. And uh, you become certified in Addict to Athlete's philosophy to help create a program, a team, a group that you can kind of use uh, to help your own community kind of grow in their recovery. You can become a coach of a team or uh, use it for your own personal training concepts. But really, it's a program designed to help give you a credential that's going to be able to help you help other people kind of establish their sobriety absolutely we have how many people in this first round oh have we got i probably can't think of 15 about or so. 15 to 20 ish yeah more than that. and uh, they're all becoming certified this will be our, our last class coming up and we'll be reopening up for uh, another yeah. episode of this probably so first hopefully june maybe get another class going yeah absolutely it's uh it's about a six-week course that covers everything that is addiction recovery and how to help coach people back into sobriety so it's a great uh, a great tool if you have any questions about that Email us, contact yeah. us, information's on the website, or Marissa, M-A-R-I-S-S-A, at addict2athlete.org. Yeah. I can share a little intro video if you want to know a little more about it before you get into it or yeah. answer any questions. Absolutely. Well, let's just go ahead then and jump into today's topic, because I really wanted to focus on something that has been a little bit uh, at the forefront of everyone's minds lately, and that is like this loss of hope. Like, you know, we watch the news, it gets scary. We've got folks that are still struggling with addictions. Um, It's harder and harder to reach out because of the social distancing and the isolation, which means that uh, a lot of people are starting to fly under the radar. And uh, what we've noticed, uh, Marissa, is that people are kind of losing a sense of hope. And like, what's the purpose? What's the reason to even, you know, want to 
want to keep moving forward in sobriety if it's all going downhill anyway, right? Yeah. We all know that life has its ups and downs, and sometimes it brings more slumps, right? Mm -hmm. And so these stages that we go through, um, the best way to be successful is to kind of remind yourself what brings you a sense of hope. Like, so often that's one of the first things that gets eliminated when addiction starts to take over, right? Yeah, you start getting, feeling really stuck. Yeah, you do. And so we want to talk a little bit about this today. Uh, Not just its loose definition, but how do you reinstill hope once Mm -hmm. you've kind of lost it? Or once it kind of seems to slip through your fingers? Yeah, I think this is something that everyone's struggling with currently because of the epidemic going on. But also, yeah, you're struggling with addiction and thinking, will this ever end? You know, I want to get out, but being so pulled and tied to that physical and psychological addiction to the drug that, you know, everyone's kind of on their edge right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's one of the, the, the precepts of Addict to Athlete. And it's actually kind of in our mission statement, too, as you get on our website. It talks about how um, a lot of times hope is lost. And when hope is lost, we think that once an addict, always an addict. That is one of the most hopeless statements I've yeah. ever heard in my life. And, it, and it's never set well with us, right? No, no, no. Because we've seen that. And, and that's why, you know, on Team Addict to Athlete, we... We talk a little bit more about the grand scale of things. We don't identify ourselves simply and solely as an addict mm-hmm. because that's kind of a hopeless statement as well. Yeah. You know, if, if I am an addict, it doesn't matter even if it's trying to be drawn into a positive context, it is still a negative attribute. Yeah. And that does ruffle feathers to a lot of people. A lot of people don't like it. Now, the thing is, is that we identify that there is an addiction and that mm-hmm. you know, being an addict is a part of you, but it is not who you yeah. are. And I think that kind of does bring a sense of hopelessness when yeah. that cloud of attic forms around you. Yeah, we've had uh, many athletes come who've done other support groups, whether it be smart recovery or, you know, 12 steps, that hearing just that one concept that we don't identify, you know, it's like, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm an athlete, or whatever it is, all of a sudden instantly, mm-hmm. instantly gives them hope. Mm-hmm. Wow, like this isn't something that you guys are talking about being part of you forever and always till death to you part. You're an addict and that's who you're married to. No, like it's not who you are. Exactly. And I think sometimes we wear it as a badge of honor because it's that part again. We were talking about this yesterday on our addict athlete uh, team therapy call on yeah, Zoom. We're doing recovery groups. And we were talking about how we get this mindset of, of I just am what I am. And that's mm-hmm. all that I am, right? Mm-hmm. Popeye, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Because when you, st- when you get stuck in that mindset, even if it's trying to be in a positive light, it still has a negative cloud over it. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we don't identify as addicts because we do, but we also realize there's more to us than that. But well, it gives whole... us that concept of being able to grow, to progress, to become something better, something more. Yeah. Well, because if you think about it, you know, a loose definition, kind of what we were talking about before we started recording, about hope is, it's, uh, you know, to, to be hopeful is to look to the future positively, right? Mm-hmm. To see the opportunity and the challenges rather than the challenges being the opportunities. And I think to look at the bright side of life and you know, kind of realizing that hope is an optimistic state of the mind being expressed in a positive way to see better outcomes and related to the events that could be more positive in our life yeah. really boils down to, right, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, to be expect with confidence that something better is going to happen. And so when you ticker tape that parade that you are an addict, yeah. 
that doesn't instill a lot of confidence, right? Yeah, yeah where's where's the hope in that? Exactly. There's something better for the future. Yeah. Now don't get me wrong. Don't 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 discredit the podcast quite yet. So what we're saying is is that we want you to identify that there's an addiction present and that there there was one at one time by which you had to be an addict. Mm-hmm. But in order to build on that, to establish a stronger foundation, to kind of create your recovery to ultimately healing, mm-hmm. being an addict has to be down there on the ground level. But yeah. it shouldn't be what you build your, you know, your, your stadium on, right? Yeah, that shouldn't be the foundation. I mean, that's a frightening foundation. So why do you think then in, in the world of recovery and uh, that pursuit of sobriety, why do you think, Marissa, hope is so important? Why do you think that attribute is such an important principle? To I think it's such a key to life like what's keeping going like what's the perpetual anything is if you have no hope that anything will ever get or be better Mm -hmm. what's the point yeah you know I, I see those people that have those expressions of hopelessness um, are kind of like what we call those those victims. We talk about the victims and agents quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a de- kind of define yourself as really kind of a victim if there's a, a hopelessness kind of cloud following you around. Where and we all know people like this that mm-hmm. just have this constant state of like, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> oh my gosh, your, that, your favorite hopeless. Statement. Oh my gosh, that that yeah. Whenever someone says that to me, I'm thinking, you hopeless git. Like, what do you? Where's that coming from? Because what is what is it is what it is. What does that really mean? Well, to me, and I think a lot of people don't recognize there. I say I've said this before. There's so much power in our words, mm-hmm. and when we say things like "it is what it is," you're laying a statement that everything is the same, will be the same, and stay the same forever and ever. Yeah. If that's the case, then again, where is your hope? There's no hope yeah. of anything else, because I think you've said it before. It could always be better, and it could always be worse. It never just is. It never just is. Life is always moving. Life is always changing, and it's always getting better or it's getting worse. Nothing ever just is. Exactly. And if you settle that, well, it is what it is. You know, a lot of times people will say, because of someone else's actions, I don't have control over it, so Mm -hmm. it is what it is. Well, no, you can have control over your attitude towards it your attitude about it what are you ignoring whatever that other person's doing you know separating yourself from that other person there are many things you can do to get away from it is what it is i know and i love that too because it reminds me of what dr paul said once dr paul jenkins and we were talking about this and he said you know it is what it is is one of those stupid things because there he says there's one time he was in a in a meeting and it was one by which you know you had to put your phones away and stuff mm-hmm. and he kept feeling his phone vibrating and vibrating and he looked down and he noticed it was a message from his sister mm-hmm. and he's like well, what is this you know she's calling yeah. me but now she's sending me a text message so he just kind of you know, looked at his watch. It's one of those Fitbit watches that yeah. uh, could actually get a, a couple text. lines of text, right? Yeah. And he looked down at his watch and it said, call me quick. Your nephew gave his name, You're like Zach, has been shot. And that was the only lines on, 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 on there. Because the whole text. Yeah. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is so bad, right? Yeah. And so he's like trying to discreetly pull out his phone. He's like, I better get up and walk out. And go. as he stands up to walk out, he gets the rest of it that says, in the foot with a BB gun. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, that's still bad, but it's not as bad. Yeah. And so, you know, it can just be, it is what it is. Because if you looked at that and thought, well, that was a good kid. Oh, well, you yeah. know, he would have been in that mindset of like, my, my nephew's been shot and he's killed. Yeah. But the rest of the message was in the foot 
with a BB gun. Very different. You know, uh, and, it was, and it was kind of a joking thing where she was like, do you remember when that happened? When you, you know, so was, yeah. But he was like, oh my gosh. Out of context, that could be quite crazy because if you read those first lines and settled with, it is what it is, yeah. your hope would be lost that this kid's surviving. Mm-hmm. And so I really do think it's important to understand that, uh, you know, um, hope is one of those things that kind of is supposed to motivate and foster positivity and really positive actions that will lead to positive results. And, and I think a lot of times um, uh, it helps strengthen our own emotional immune system. Yeah. Think about that. If we have an emotional immune system, I think hope is going to be one of those attributes that we've really got to kind of like inject ourselves with yeah. in order to really heal from whatever life throws at you. Because think about all the tragedies and all the situations in life, whether it's you have a loved one who struggled with drugs or alcohol or you yourself had struggled. Mm-hmm. If you lose a sense of hope, what happens? It ends. It ends. You, you throw a dog in the middle of the ocean. What is that dog going to instantly do? Swim. It's going to swim yeah. for who knows how long, right? Yeah. In fact, it was interesting. We were watching Dateline, right? Yeah. And, and it was showing about this, this guy who, who was like, they were living in, on islands or something all over, like mm-hmm. with the Panama or something, right? Yeah, I can't remember. Somewhere like this. Yeah. And uh, this, this, this redneck guy was going around killing people and then kind of <laughs> taking their, their little islands with their houses, right? Yeah, he's like, oh, she sold me your house. And the, the crazy thing about this is that there was a dog that yeah. was the, o- the owner who, who this guy had murdered. Well, the owner disappeared and her, left her dog, left mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. And the, the island was like about almost a mile and a half or two miles away from you know, her house. Yes. And her dog swam to his island to find his owner and kept doing it. A couple times, multiple times. And they kept saying, where's her dog when they'd come to the house? Where's her dog? And they'd find it at this other gentleman's home. Who <laughs> supposedly Gentleman, bought, yeah, loosely based. Who, who bought the property and mm-hmm. he kept going to his property it was like why is he leaving that island uh-huh. to go over there yeah and the dog would swim because it had hopes that it would find its its owner, it's owner. now you put a, you put a human being in the middle of the ocean and you drop them in there what's going to happen this may swim for a minute but they're going to lose hope they're going to look around they're going to see everything and be yeah. like there's no hope and then they'll blink they'll yeah, they'll, they'll pull that jack and go right to the bottom like I on think, titanic yeah i think um, yeah Humans give up hope a lot quicker. We give it away fast, don't really we? Really fast. I mean, it, it's interesting because there's there's certain situations where you've seen movies where the the, the situations are dark and they're 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 grim, and, and a lot of times it's like you know why wouldn't you just give up? Why not just stay put? You know, mm-hmm. I, I look at these uh, I survived documentaries and things. Right, it's about mm-hmm. these people that have had really bad things happen to them and they've been stranded or abandoned or or maybe you know uh, you know just just stuck somewhere that's horrible and they persevere and they push through now there's an attribute of hope that i think kind of instills uh, another principle and that's something that you want to touch base on we call it grit yeah so i think grit is even before you know that's that hope i guess um so there's a psychologist named angela duckworth who did a ted talk out in 2013 and she did a lot of studies on hope or on grit it is passion and perseverance for very long-term goals, having stamina, sticking with your future day in, day out for years, mm. working really hard to make the future a reality. It's living life like a marathon, not a sprint. Genius. Okay. So yeah, right now it's starting to feel that day to day. It's starting to feel a little bit like, you know, groundhog's day. Yeah. But 
some of the things that they've found through some of the research on how you increase your grit, they have five things. Pursue your interests. If you're doing something you don't like or that it doesn't interest you, it will be difficult to push through the hard stuff. Get out, try things, find out what you're passionate about, and do it more. Mm. Number two, practice. Gritty people want to improve, and working at it is how it's done. Practice may not make perfect, but it makes what? Permanent. Permanent. Right? Our ability mm-hmm. to learn isn't fixed, so don't give in when things are hard or in- and increase your mental toughness. Number three, find a higher purpose. It's not just about finding something that interests you. It's about understanding that your interest contributes to the well-being of others. That's such a huge it's thing. It's a big one. Big thing. Specifically in recovery. Yeah. yeah. And that can be through service. That can be through you know, a higher power in mm-hmm. some of that. Number four is fostering hope. And that's what we're really talking more about today. Exactly. Reach for your goals. You must believe it's possible. If you don't believe it's possible to get sober, <laughs> is Guess it what? ever going to happen? <laughs> no. No, it won't happen. If you always believe that, you know, the common term that everyone relapses, there's always just relapses. Will you relapse? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You're leaving the door open that that's the option. Right. You know, so starting to identify that there is hope and things are possible. The like fifth that. one is surround yourself with gritty people. If you surround yourself with gritty people, you'll start doing things like they're doing. Yeah, we talk about the average of the five people. You spend the most if time If you with. do four people that are lumps... And you're, you know, yeah. you're the hopeful one. Guess what? If your grit's yeah. not quite where it needs to be, you're, you're, you're going gonna, down. You're going to slide a little. Absolutely. You're you going to slide. And I see that a lot of times. I think that's one of the reasons why people that get into recovery and start kind of pursuing the path of ultimately healing, they get stuck because they surround themselves with the same other gits that got them stuck in the first place, not mm-hmm. realizing that they have to kind of reestablish themselves with people that have grit. Yeah. And don't, you know, don't really, you know, function in the world of, of, of hopelessness and, of and surrender. Yeah. You know, like absolutely. Where, where do you need to be? And it, right now, yeah, it is hard because we're not getting as much social stuff. But, you know, jump onto some of our Zoom calls. We've got some great, gritty people on there. Yeah. You know, watch YouTube videos. What Sometimes if you're feeling alone, surround yourself by what you're watching, what you're listening to. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I listen to Gary V almost daily. Yeah. Talk about a boost every day. Absolutely. You know? Like he is gritty. Mm-hmm. If you've never heard of Gary V, look him up. But, hey, he's good. You know, that's that's my boost for the day. If I'm ever feeling down, I can listen to even just one of his podcasts and instantly I'm making to-do lists and what am I going to do? I've got to get out and do this and get this done. Absolutely. You know? I, and I love that because if you look at hope and grit, you know, one and the same, you look at hope being the engine and grit being the fuel. You know, and I think that that fuel is is what kind of pushes that engine of hope. Yeah, getting yeah, that action. Yeah, well, hope allows people to approach problems with a mindset of strategy, sets uh, a suitability for success. You know, it really kind of gets that 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 engine hot and running good, mm-hmm. and so then it increases you know your will to accomplish all your goals. Meaning, if you don't have hope, that you're going to finish the race. If you don't have mm-hmm. hope that you're going to you know be sober. Um, if you don't have those attributes. It doesn't matter if you have all the grit in the world, you'll never use it for if it's its sole purpose. Yeah, hope, right? it, hope is truly that engine. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about why hope is so important then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that, you know, maybe to, to, you know, first to start out the gate is it's a, it really is a, a neutral stress reliever. Think about that. 
you have a stressful situation, you get to approach these in, in one or two ways, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you get to approach it in fear or faith. And faith is a loose base of, of hope, if you think about it. Yeah. And, and so, you know, if it, relieve, if it relieves stress, why do you think it's so hard for us to be and remain hopeful? Right? Reality starts kicking in. Yeah. You start seeing the variables that you can't control. Mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, the people that make, that make decisions or you know, the bosses that uh, you know, are going to fire you or you know, the, the family system that you're in that's, that's unstable. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a stress reliever, you're you know, living in a world of addiction, which is stress-inducing. Yeah. How, do you, how do you get out of that, right? Yeah. How do you like, get yourself into a situation where, you know, maybe... You apply some of that grit and just do it. Um, and, and like I said, it helps strengthen that emotional immunity system, that, that immune system. We talk about that right now with this COVID thing. You got to have a strong immune system in order to kind of fight this off, whether it be COVID or the flu or the common cold. Your immune system yeah. has to be healthy. And so if you are a pessimist by nature, um, try establishing hope in a situation like that, right? Yeah. You've got to kind of learn to believe that the world is not there to really, you know, you know, suppress you. And I think that happens a lot. We get into situations where we lose hope because, you know, I'm always losing. Mm -hmm. I can never get ahead, you know, and it's kind of like Viktor Frankl or the movie Life is Beautiful. Both of those situations, specifically with Viktor Frankl, um, and if you have not seen the Life is Beautiful, find it. Grab some Kleenexes and go watch yeah. it because really it's it's a huge, I guess, injection of what hope looks like. Yeah. Um, give the premise a little bit about you know either Viktor Frankl or let's talk about Life is Beautiful for a minute about hope. What happened um, in either of those scenarios where if hope wasn't present, all would have been lost. Well, everything around them was negative. It's all about you know, the Holocaust and, um, being stuck in that hopeless, everyone else has control over your life, your future. All you see around you is heartache and sadness and, and death, you know, and I can't even think of the guy's name and like, yeah. it's beautiful now, but the point is Roberto Bonini. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some yeah. of it is him just, I using his imagination to create a world different from where he's at mm-hmm. to be able to keep moving forward. Absolutely. It's a big deal because the premise is him being stuck in a concentration camp with mm-hmm. his little son. Little son. And he's hiding him because, you know, if they find him, then they're going to kill all the children. They did. And, you know, he's hiding his son and actually pretends and teaches his son that the concentration camp is really a hide-and-seek game. Mm-hmm. And he instills hope that if they can get 100 points they can get a tank, right? He sees a toy tank and he's like, it's the first prize is the tank. Mm -hmm. And the whole movie is him trying to hide his son and and teaching him that everything's a game. And one day the kid kind of comes out and says, I saw another kid was a German kid, remember? Mm -hmm. And he says, he doesn't know anything about this game. He's like, you didn't tell him about this game, did you? If you told him about this game... One of the rules is not to tell. Yeah, that means that kid's now going to get you know 25 points. You know, you can't talk to anybody. You have to hide. And, and the kid's like, oh my gosh, I better, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, I won't tell you the ending, but it ends up pretty powerful that that's what got this little kid to survive and, you know, ultimately reach that goal yeah. with a lot of sacrifice in between. And it's that hope even in the most dire situation, that really it, is the light at the end of the can tunnel. can get better. You've heard that that comment, right? The light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. That light is hope. So, you know, what do you do to bring it on board? Well, 
First of all, you've got to have that line in the sand, that, that dawning of a new day, the start. Whatever it is that you're battling or that you're feeling kind of lost in, you've got to make a line in the sand and you got to say, this is my starting line and you got to go. Yeah, number one is the will. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's the engine. And then what is that fuel you're putting in there? It's going to be your grit, your perseverance. It's going to be, you know, maybe... Your why. It, your why. Maybe having somebody else drag you for a minute. Absolutely. You know, using that home team of yours to like pull you through as you're really struggling and reaching out. Mm-hmm. But it's getting that will behind you to do Absolutely. something. Because you know, once you draw that line and you start moving and you're using the will to move forward in, in the progression of like, I hope this is going to be better mm-hmm. than what I had yesterday, you've got to nurture and garden and grow that hope, right? Yeah. You can't just have a blind hope, again, that light at the end of the tunnel and not nurture it. You can't just wait it to for it to come to you, right? Yeah. And, some and of the research I that I read about in you know before we started some of this is there's two parts of hope. It's the will and then recognizing that the way. Mhm. You know, like there's The Mandalorian, this is the way. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. different ways to get there though. Sometimes we get stuck in like this is our hope that it will go this way and that even, you know, coronavirus. Mm-hmm. It will we'll be able to lighten up on social distancing May 1st. And that's what's going to happen. And when it doesn't happen that way, then all your hope is gone. Yeah. But recognizing that there's many ways and pathways it's going to change. Yeah. You know, like here in Utah, the state parks opened this last week. They're just doing a little bit at a time, recognizing Mm -hmm. it's not going to be one thing in one way. And I think that goes along in sobriety. Some people get really stuck that this is the only way to get clean. You have to do... 12 step, you have to have a sponsor, you have to go to treatment, you have to do detox and residential. Mm -hmm. Guess what? No, no, you don't. Everyone has their own path and their own way to sobriety. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that means none of that. Yeah. You know, we've known people that have gotten clean, never going to treatment. You're you're talking to one of them. Yeah, right right there. But we know others that have done both or done parts and yep. done pieces of that. Yeah. You know, or yeah. they've done treatment multiple times, multiple times, multiple times, and then finally got clean on their own without exactly. any treatment. Exactly. You know, and, and, I, and I think that's so interesting, listeners. And, and you know, we're going to talk a little bit about this on future podcasts as we're, as we're kind of looking at things in a different light about, you know, there is no one way to recovery. That's one of the reasons why Addict Athlete exists. You know, there was people that didn't, you know, didn't kind of conform to the treatment model. And there were those that had a hard time with the other community support meetings. And so we created this group as just another. Our way is not the way for everybody. No. It can't be. Mm-hmm. You know, but what I do see is that the relationship model is critical during this. And there are a lot of programs. I used to work for one that started mm-hmm. off that way. And fastly dissolved because they missed the message of what it really meant. In order to have a relationship to instill hope in people, mm-hmm. you've got to be consistent with it. And there were some that liked the catchphrases but had zero clue how to execute it. Yeah. The relationship before rules model, they had no idea what it really meant. Right? Well, it's hard. And it's it different is. for everyone. But it totally yes, is. That, there is research to show that one of the you know, most found keys to positive sobriety in people mm-hmm. is through relationships. Which is it's so funny. Through building that trust and that relationship with their counselor or with a friend or with a family member or with a therapist. You know, that's one of the keys through research that yeah. proves 
that's happening over and over that people are being able to become clean and sober through relationships. Exactly. There's a TED talk on on this very thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I can't remember his name. I think it's uh, Jonathan Hari. He talks a little bit about the relationship model. Everything you know about addiction is wrong. And it's yeah. funny, it came out about four years ago and we were, we were, you know, four years into addict to athlete when this thing dropped and yeah. everyone sent it to me and they're like, this is what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, it is. This, this is cool. This is how... Re- you know, recovery this is works. What addict yeah, athlete we is. know. Mm-hmm. This is why we've been doing it. It's the team approach, and it does. When you start having people with like minds kind of surrounding you and giving you that that hope, you know, because mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know how we're going to get there, but we're going to do it together. Yeah, building oh my healthy gosh. relationships, strong support, yeah. connection. It's it's what it is absolutely all about. And I think sometimes we get stuck in that mindset of, I'm planting the seed. I'm going to throw some dirt on it, you know, and I'm going to water it occasionally. And if it doesn't grow as fast as I want it to, well, then screw it. Yeah, I'm because not... they just have that one way. Mm-hmm. But part of hope is the will and multiple ways yeah. that we may have to adjust. We may have to turn right mm-hmm. and we turn left and then we hold still for a minute. But yeah. hope is that things change and that we can be flexible in that change yeah. and creative to find a different path. Absolutely. And what's funny too is we were talking about this growing metaphor with, with our daughter Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, we were planting some flowers out in the yard and whatnot. And uh, I think about mm, probably last fall, she got a Venus flytrap seed, remember? Yes. Yes. And she was like so stoked. And it was funny because she planted it like you know about two months ago. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's not growing. I don't it's know what's wrong there. with it. You know, she says, it takes two months. And I'm like, Brooklyn, it's only been two months. If you stop now, if you stop watering it, you stop yeah. growing it, 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 it'll it'll for sure die, you yeah. know? And it was funny because she said, well, if I just get a dead ant and stick it in there, yeah. maybe it'll... Maybe it needs... <laughs> maybe it needs to be coached out or something. Fed like. by ants and bugs already. But it, it is. It's that thing where it's like, if it doesn't come as fast as you want it to, do we lose hope? Do we lose, mm-hmm. you know, you know all, all of that? Instead of trying something new and being patient sometimes. Yeah. There's other ways that we have to uh, kind of cultivate, you know, uh, and reestablish hope. And I think it's one of these is a big deal. It's the pursuit of uh, a passionate purpose so that it can uh, provide a sense of meaning and reward once achieved. Now, I speak about this a lot, you know, about what is our purpose here? What is your reason for being on this little ball of mud? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's interesting because a lot of us have a hard time identifying what our sole purpose is, the reason we're here. And I don't mm-hmm. think that there's, when it boils down to it, I don't think there's a whole lot of, of purpose-driven recovery meaning like why are you doing this why are, why are you even wanting to be sober in the first place um yeah, and I think like I said, we've talked about this before a lot of times it's yeah. just to stop feeling and doing what they were doing yeah or but, i just want to be happy I'm like well yeah. that's not really gonna work listeners your purpose is so crucial and a lot of times we have a hard time identifying that because we don't know what that really means well and i think it's people get stuck like you said soul purpose sometimes i think that tells people there's one purpose mm-hmm. and if you haven't found it, it's because there's only one out there and yeah. that's the only thing you can find. Well, guess what? My sole purpose has totally changed over time it has. and it still changes. Mm-hmm. You know, there were years and years where, yes, I quit working and my focus and sole purpose was being a mother. To be a nurturer. Yeah. A nurturer to our kids. You know, now I'm spreading our my wings more mm-hmm. and I'm doing addict athlete and doing rec therapy. And, you know, that changes and shifts with what we're doing in our life and so if you're just looking like there's supposed to be this one golden cube of mm-hmm. that's my purpose and you just haven't found it yet, guess what? Yeah. You're looking 
off the mark. Absolutely. There's many other things. And the funny thing about that is when you discover what your purpose is, you find that hope and that joy that comes from it. You know, my, Mm -hmm. my sole purpose, um, is to serve. That's what I do. That's what I do for a job. That's what I do as a coach. That's what I do as a father. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. And I know that because when I've you know, jump the rails or deviated off that path, it's instantly kind of slapped me in the face with with the doubt and the regression and the uh, the problems that come along with that depression and things that just like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. But, you know, there, there, are, there are healers, the doctors and nurses, and then there are creators, the artists, you know, that create music or art or, mm-hmm. or rhythm, you know, and then there's, there's, there's teachers, right, that, that really want to learn, want to teach and to give that out, right? And yeah. then there's students that just want to learn and absorb. You got to find out what your sole purpose is, and then you kind of start cultivating um, your hope around pursuit of that. Now here's the thing, yeah. right? What if your what if your sole purpose is to create, right? Yeah. But you are not like a great artist. You can barely straw, you know, create, you know, like like stick, stick figures figure. or you can't you know play a tune to save your life like myself. How many other oh, areas of expertise million, go into creating? A million ways. A billion, to, right? To create. Sometimes it's yeah, it's building. Like I look at buildings and structure and like you know, construction workers, like the things they create is beyond me. Exactly. You know, like they can take wood, you know, our, our coach Jed can take a piece of wood and create the most amazing things out of it. Remember he built like a table that folded into like a, like a, a half bench to a table yeah, to like a rocket ship to like a, yeah. you know, yeah, it was weird. It. And the other day he posted, cause he's got more time. He created some water, water tower, tower for yeah, his yeah, yeah. garden. So it can just water itself. I'm like, that's genius. genius. I would never be able to think of that. And then the next day he posts a picture of these spoon rings that he made. Like there's so many things you can do Absolutely. Instead, instead of just, you know, paint on canvas. And if you get back to Gary V, right? Yeah. If you hone in on that purpose, there's nothing you can't do, right? And yeah. it may be way out of the box, you know, something that you may not even think of right now. Absolutely. You may you may create a, a, a form of industry that doesn't even exist right now. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is if you don't have hope to kind of drive that or to push it, like, man, I hope this works. And, and I'm going to give it my all. And I'm going to kind of, you know, gear my engine with it's grit possible. to get it done. Yeah, you, you've lost before you've even started. You know, again, you doubt yourself, you're sinking. That dog's going to keep swimming if it's in a body of water until it gets to a shore or a landmass. You yeah. will, will second guess yourself and go right to the bottom. So yeah. I think another way that uh, we kind of look at what brings hope into our life is, you know, being surrounded by like, let's call it joy, by surrounding yourself with joy, mm-hmm. um, with, with people and kids and experiences of, of all manner and of all ages. And I think sometimes we get in a mindset of being a hermit and just kind of like lock ourselves away. Mm-hmm. Guys, you can't do that in recovery. You've got to get out and see the beautiful things of life, you know, yeah. and it's, it's kind of interesting. It's funny. Um, I've noticed recently, and this is not, this doesn't mean this shouldn't cause alarm in you, but I've noticed when I've been, you know, out in public or at stores or whatnot, I'll see like a little baby or something and my heart will melt. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, look at that little thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's the funniest thing. And I'll even notice, I'm like, I'll nudge you. I'm like, look how cute that kid is. I did that to you. Yeah. What? I don't know day. what that is, but like, it's the coolest thing to see. Yeah. Like, there's still that, 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 that cool kind of like baby thing. It's like mm-hmm. that, that new, that newness. And it's kind of like, you've got to see the joy in that, you know? I see mm-hmm. kids like throwing conniption fits now in stores. And I'm like, I look at you, I'm like, man, do you remember that? Yeah. And, and it's funny because we kind of, we kind of laugh at it like, oh, those were hard times. But 
you miss them a little bit yeah. because it's like, man, this is so crazy. And so you've got to surround yourself by the beauty and by the joy of what life brings, which is so hard if you are the get off my lawn guy, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of times when we're these cold and calloused you know, addicts, we forget to just stop and see the beauty of life. Does that make sense? We oh, see yeah. it through a I negative think, lens. I think that's what this COVID thing has done for me. It's been so awesome to happen here at springtime. Mm-hmm. Like I have watched the buds on our trees begin, form, mm-hmm. open, flourish. You know, it's yeah. slowed us down enough that most of the time we are so busy we don't see it. That we've been able to see each tree, each plant you know, because we've been spending more time outside and working on our yard and, you know, just more time being home, each of them progressing through their awakening. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, and and I look at this kind of concept of like seeing the beauty in whatever. And I think I, I feel for the folks that occupy their time and their energy in the pursuit of looking for drug or using drug or mm-hmm. or like you know the the chip on the shoulder again the get off my lawn guy you know the jacked mm-hmm. up pickup truck you know doing 80 miles an hour in a residential neighborhood smoking and just vaping ang- and angry. just pissed off at life and i'm thinking man you're missing so much you know mm-hmm. it's like um it's like you know when you go for a walk you go for a run sometimes leave your earbuds at home and just listen just mm-hmm. listen to to you know the surroundings and i think when we get in that mindset of like, you know, F nature or turn up the music or, you know, I'm going to drink the beer and work on my truck. You guys are forgetting about the smaller yeah. things, you know, like, again, like like Dan Millman and, uh, you know, the Peaceful Warrior. Yeah. There are no ordinary moments. Yeah. Slow down and take a look at them. And I tell you, if you want sobriety, you're going to have to do that because if you fill your mind with the chaos and the havoc that is the culture and the subset of addiction, mm-hmm. amen to your sobriety. You'll never get there. You know, don't walk around with a chip on your shoulder. You know, uh, I, I think that that's a big deal. I and mean, we can even get into that like in another future podcast <laughs> because there's so much there. Experiencing the best the world has to offer, kind of a, a subset to that as well. The music, yeah. the art, the beauty, the singing, the learning, the creativity, the innovation, and the knowledge. Yeah, some of the pursue it. So important to have that recreation to mm-hmm. how to your leisure time to be able to identify some of that. You know, some people like to be so busy because, yeah, they get stuck in their head and they just go crazy and get sick that they just keep themselves too busy. Yeah. But your head needs time to relax, too. And that's through sleep. It's through recreation. It's through Mm -hmm. meditation. It's through leisure time. And find those things that you enjoy and do more of them. Absolutely. It's, It's such a big deal, you know, cultivating hope, you know, through choice and the freedom of those choices and acting in free will, you know, uh, you know, asking yourself, do I have the ability to change this situation? Yeah, you do. I mean, that's one principle of 12 steps that really works in the serenity mm-hmm. prayer, right? Absolutely. Identifying the things you can change and the things that really aren't worth your time attempting to change because they won't. Yeah, and first and, and foremost, the difference. it will come down to your attitude. It's going to be your perspective. 100%. Number one. Absolutely. Again, if you're the get off my lawn guy, you're going to think that everything happens because of, of someone else. It's always someone else's fault and you're the victim. I can't imagine living a life like that. I really can't. I've seen people like this. I have family members that are like this that are just so pissed off at life and the world that they got the short end of the stick, not realizing that at a moment's notice they could have changed the outcome of that. Yeah. And they just chose to, you know, just to surrender. Ah, it breaks my heart. You know, and then looking at things, um, you know, I guess uh, you know, experiencing and witnessing, 
um, the beautiful acts of life, you know, love and patience and goodness and the kindness that really does come. It's interesting to see the folks that have been signing up for the uh, the virtual 5K, because there's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. We still have some more medals. And, and, yeah. and I love it because, you know, I saw this one that was coming coming out, and it was a COVID-19 you know, uh, 19 run. Mm-hmm. And you got a medal that said COVID-19 and, and, and like, a, a, like a picture of the virus. And I thought, that's really weird yeah. that you'd want to run for something that's killing Why people. Why are we celebrating that? This virus. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the nick and I get the notch between there, but, like, that is super tacky does that make yeah. sense like Am I just making money? yeah and it's and it's, it's it's i guess it's okay it's their industry it's what they want to do but i thought yeah i don't know if i could you know you're showing your medal off you're like oh yeah my grandmother died of covid no oh, here's a medal like, yeah. what i don't know <laughs> but looking at the goodness you know and don't get me wrong the the, the attempt was to get people out and to say mm-hmm. you know what we're still here we should still recreate and we still have fun yeah. um but if we fail to see that that kindness and the goodness of what's going on i think that we miss out on so much life experience we watched a movie a couple of days ago um beautiful day in the neighborhood a little yeah. a little spin off of of uh, uh fred rogers mr rogers yeah. And I kind of thought it was going down the pathway of, of like a like a, a movie doc, yeah. and that's not what it was at all. No, it was, it was so a real good. life situation between Fred Rogers, Mr. Mm-hmm. Rogers, and a uh, an Esquire magazine reporter. Yeah, reporter. And this pursuit of forgiveness that Fred kind of instilled in this adult, and as an adult now looking back at, at that kindness and that love. Uh, it resonated with me as a kid because that was who I had as a male role model. I mean, mom, yeah. you know, marrying and divorcing every couple of days yeah. and the unstable male role models. I'm watching this guy and I'm like, you know, in my mindset, I'm thinking all dads suck. All male role models are horrible. They, they're yeah. abusive. They're, they're mean, they're angry. You know, and I see this guy who's a little bit more soft in his approach. Who's like more kind. emotionally kind of engineered. And I'm thinking, what is this? But then to find out that it wasn't just a sh- like, like a, a facade. That's that's who he part, was. Is, yeah, learning about oh, more man. about him now that, gosh, he he's almost unreal. He's almost fake. Yeah, how, it almost doesn't seem with how kind and sweet and gentle and yeah he, he was and caring. And I'll bet you all those all those guys we're talking about the uh, you know the the road ragers and the you know the, mm-hmm. the those guys. Uh, I'll bet you they watched him too. Does yeah. that make sense? I mean, it's in there somewhere. Yeah. And, and I love that principle because of, of what it means. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it, when the reporter goes there and he says, you know, like, ask him how his day is or something. It's like, mm-hmm. so much better now that you're here. Yeah, you know? he makes him feel like he's the only one. You're the only one that I wanted to see today. You know, it's like, well, you probably said it to everybody, but he meant that to everybody he said. Yeah, absolutely. Saw. And I think that's a big deal is like to see those kind of things. You know, in fact, it's what he said that we kind of taught our kids about. When we see natural disasters or we see pandemics like yeah. this, we don't look at the negative side. We teach them to do what? Look for the helpers. Look for the people that are helping, yeah. you know, oh, and, and be that person that's helping. Mm-hmm. And in a weird roundabout way, every one of our kids have been able to do that, emulate that in their own life. Yeah. How important is that principle alone to teach hope when you are teaching our children to kind of Huge. see where they can serve? Huge. We've seen it. Yeah. You know, every one of our kids. And you see them light up when they are able to help and help in their own way. Yeah, I think that that's, I think that's, that's awesome. And then, of course, you know, to look at, um, you know, uh, a sense of progression towards that final goal, that light at the end of the tunnel, I keep going back to. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the ultimate form, I believe, of what people mean by saying that. It's a light at the end of the tunnel. I heard it uh, in, a, in a podcast this other day about this whole epidemic that, 
they're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And then people want to like shroud that with, yeah, buts, you know, yeah, and but, so yeah. don't, don't do that. You yeah. know, I think that uh, the mental fortitude that's going to take to have a sense of hope, even the most dire circumstances really does show the inner grit that we have. And it's the same situation if you're dealing with an abusive relationship, an addiction, mm-hmm. um, you know, your, your employment, all that stuff. It's a huge component to progression if you can instill and cultivate that, that lifestyle of hope. Yeah. And I think, just sitting down and looking at that gratitude. What are you grateful for? What do you have? Mm-hmm. And, you know, focus, take the focus away what, from what you don't have. And that light at the end of the tunnel, recognize, you know, we've talked about this before. It's going to change. Mm-hmm. Where's the horizon? You know, again, if we keep looking at this one point, it's good to have something to look forward to, but it's going to change. Yep. It'll be different. It has to. And, you know, the horizon's always changing. Just go towards that. Start Absolutely. doing something towards it is the best thing. Yep. And if you need a little you know, dose of hope, we've got lots of uh, resources and, and uh, you yeah. know, situational things that are available to help increase the, the likelihood of you being able to identify that light and then keep moving for it. Mm-hmm. Check on our website. We have YouTube. We've got yeah. all podcast, kinds of stuff. There's so many hopeful podcasts that we have out there. We've mm-hmm. got blog posts. We do these Zoom meetings now twice a week that you can log on into, join yeah. our Facebook group. We're trying to keep with some, you know, security through Zoom. And so we do create a new invite and password each time. But if you join our Addict Athlete home base, we post that each time we do it. Um, or if you want us to mail you directly, again, marissa at addicttoathlete.org. Yeah, we're here. And we're Blue here. can do Zoom conference calls and and therapy and counseling and coaching if you matter where you're at it's out there you know it's kind of funny we were starting to engineer and gear ourselves toward this before the pandemic and now we've become very honed in on the skill of zoom and Mm -hmm. counseling and therapy and coaching online so you know be aware that it's all it's all there and i think that uh, all you have to do is have enough hope in yourself to know that you can do this yeah, something better is out there. For sure, for keep, sure. Keep going. So athletes, as always, I want to thank uh, the Radio Ronin Network, uh, Chunga, Joshua, Spencer, and Chandler for all that they do for allowing the Addict Athlete to be part of their Radio Ronin Network. Mm-hmm. They've got some fun podcasts. I was just listening to that on my run this morning. Um, if you need some some humor and yeah. you need just some you know some some seriousness with some humor, check out Radio Ronin. Um, they do two episodes a week. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're fantastic. They're great guys and really kind of keep a little bit of a lighter side to all this kind of stuff. They instill a lot of hope just through their humor. Yeah, and sure. uh, it's pretty awesome. So thanks Radio Ronin for hosting Addict Athlete on the Radio Ronin Network. Athletes, jump online. You know, give us some feedback. We'd love yeah. to hear your Thank thoughts you on all this. Thank you for all those who've left a review. Please leave a review if you haven't. It really does help, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Subscribe. Mm-hmm. You know, we want everyone to be able to catch these messages. Yeah, we got some cool guests that are going to be that have been scheduled that we're going to be having on the podcast coming up. So stay tuned. We got some neat folks that are going to be helping us continue to carry this message. Uh, as always, Coach Blue, Athletic Director Marissa, yes. want to help you all turn your mess into a message. Yes.